Subscribe to NerdPod with Coach and K-Rock wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Two working stiffs that love comics, movies, games, and more bring their nerd conversation and observations to you. You're listening to Coach and K-Rock's NerdPod, where they give you their opinion on whatever they want. Hey, don't complain. You're listening to their show. Coach, K-Rock, take it away. Turn away. We are going into a spoiler zone. We are back. What's going on, Coach? Yo, we're back. We're back. We're back. Uh, and listen, I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna start with the, you know, the the wardrobe malfunction of uh, of audio. <laughs> first one uh, on third pod. Yeah, first one on third pod. I, I all I can say is my son is the. I don't know. I think I said it last night. The number two Fortnite player in all of the state in which we live. And uh, he started to make money. Well, I hadn't updated my bandwidth on my, uh, from my carrier, whatever, my internet provider. uh, And the kid just sucks the bandwidth away. And um, so now, because he played all night, he's not playing right now. It's a great time to record. And yeah. Yeah. So I think we're good to go on uh, on no more audio wardrobe malfunctions. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, and to the audience, sorry for the delay. Uh, as you know, we both are two working stiffs, as it says on the intro. Uh, sometimes life and technology gets in the way. Um, and we do now have an unreleased episode number seven. It's going to be in the vault forever because of the tech glitch. It's rendered unlistenable, but it's there and I did not delete it. So I wonder, I wonder if, if, if it'll be like Prince's sister or like, you know, some, you know, like 30 years from now when we have this ridiculous following, like, uh, like wild stallions, you know, like we're saving the world with our podcast and we die. If somebody will sell that, that, you Mm -hmm. know, that, that unreleased episode seven, that's in the vault. And will, will we have 10, tens of millions of fans, clamoring and waiting for that unreleased choppy episode to be released that's right we could we could hope i guess yeah if they develop the technology to unmax headroom the audio then i think we're good to go (laughs) we were having some fun with that at the end uh, the the max headroomness yeah we so uh, maybe we should someday release that but um yeah it was great. Uh, it's fine. Yeah. I mean, whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we allowed some time to, to, to lapse between the two from this show and our last show, and lots happened. Lots happened. Oh, my God. So much has happened. Yeah, man. So one thing I did is I finally saw the, the series finale of Ash vs. Evil Dead. I know I was a bit salty about it getting removed, but I got to say, as a fan, the ending for, for me was spot on. And if you've ever watched... Army of Darkness, uh, or gotten the um, uh, the DVD that has the extra, the alternate ending, which was actually the original ending, you'll appreciate how this show went out. So I was happy with that. Um, what else? Fear the Walking Dead. Uh, I know you're not into it. Uh, I had more or less given up on the show, but being a Walking Dead fanatic, I, I just watch it out of habit, kind of like a reflex. So I know you... You don't dig the show. A lot of people I talk to don't like the show. And I didn't like it because, you know, the family that they centered the, the Fear of the Walking Dead around, they just, they weren't, they sucked. They weren't good to watch on TV. They they weren't sympathetic at all. Um, they just continually made terrible, terrible decisions. <laughs> I mean, it's a surprise they were able to live as long as they did in the show. 
but today, for me, season four, I think is what we're at now, it's a must-watch. They, it, It's incredible. They brought in a whole new bunch of actors who are carrying the show and you could tell that they're hitting the reset button with the old cast they're they're kind of getting rid of them one by one uh so lenny james who plays morgan he's over um they brought jenna elfman um she's an actress from the 90s uh, i'm sure you remember Dharma and greg uh and who is quickly becoming my favorite on the show is uh garrett dillahunt from uh, who plays john dory who's the cowboy and i think you know him from um Deadwood? Yes. Yep. Yes. Yeah. So. He, really good. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I, listen, we're, we're in a brave new world of, and I, I was looking at it last night and flipping through, uh, I've got some, I haven't touched my, we have direct, uh, direct TV mm-hmm. through like AT&T. We have the whole AT&T experience because whatever, we save money with bundle and roll together. And so I'm count. I have not turned my direct TV on in weeks and weeks. I'm not even sure that I've paid the bill recently. I don't know. Like I wouldn't know if it if it's on or off because it, we just haven't touched it. And so I'm flipping through and looking at what I'm, I'm paying for, which is absurd. Um, YouTube Red, Amazon Prime, Hulu, Netflix. So that's that's four right there. Am I missing any? And then just my regular um, run through of. Uh, Apple stuff that I buy, regular television that I buy on Apple. So, I mean, it's come to the point where my wife is watching the Jersey Shore and it's airing live and like it's, it's still coming out, I think, every week at this point. And I'm sure it's on demand, but we, we've just bought it for $9 through iTunes because it's we've learned and gotten so comfortable living within our Apple TV that it's just that's where we live now. And so in order for me to get out and change my HDMI output and sit through commercials for something, whether and you don't pre-record it. I mean, you watch this in real time. Um, I mean, you've got to be knocking my socks off and you've just got to be the best and you've got to be the best fast. You've got to keep me uh, engaged within four minutes or I'm out. And maybe, I don't know, I'm not sure that's a good thing, but I know that's the truth. That's where I am. And so uh, I gave Fear the Walking Dead the benefit of the doubt for a really long time. I gave The Walking Dead the same benefit of the doubt uh, for a long time. And now uh, Netflix original documentary series uh, Amazon Prime Originals, Hulu Originals. I mean, we get The Handmaid's Tale going on. We, got, I mean, there's so much right now that I, I'm with you. I, I want to because listen, uh, you know of the brands that I'm loyal to in the world. You know that Image is probably the number one brand that I'm most loyal to. Sure. If it says if it says Dark Horse on it. I'm out. Right. I'm. I don't. I don't pick it up. I don't look at it. I'm sure there's great stuff. I'll buy Kevin and Walt's um, uh, graphic novels because it's Kevin and Walt. That's it. But outside of that, so I want anything image related. And Robert Kirkman, the executive producer and writer of The Walking Dead, is a partner at Image Comics. He's put out some amazing things in the last two or three years outside of The Walking Dead. I want them to succeed. And I I feel like I gave them a really long time to to win me and capture my attention. And, and they failed to this point. All right. So here's something to tell you to do. 
you could pick this show up at this new season without seeing anything else. Okay. okay. And you're for me, this is why I love it. I think this is why they, they corrected, course corrected, and hit the reset button hard, man. They, they, it, they are literally like knocking off main characters from the first three seasons quickly. Blowing me away like how fast this is moving. Um, they brought in a new cast who they're just, they're great. And they're not connected. They're, they're all starting to weave together very nicely. And they're doing this really interesting way of shooting it where... Um, Half the show is a flashback, and the other half is caught up to the timeline in The Walking Dead. And the director and the showrunners are doing it in such an interesting way. In the first episode, you start noticing the colors are off, and you almost want to go up and hit your TV. Like, why is the TV all, like, almost all practically black and white? But it's not, right? It's very desolate looking. Well, that's because it's today. And you keep going back to a more hopeful time when the family's still there, and it's all bright and colory. It's great, man. And it's being written like it's a comic book now. Okay. Like a comic right. book. You got Lenny James, the karate master. We haven't quite sure what Jenna Elfman's about yet. Uh, Garrett Dillahunt, cowboy. Like, straight up, he's got the six guns in both hands. Kind of like a Clint Eastwood-style uh, character. And then you have, um, her name's, I think, Laura. She is like a tank girl. Okay. okay, she has a SWAT, uh, a converted SWAT van with all this high-powered artillery in the top, and she controls it with like a little handheld um, crank that's inside the driver's seat. It is pretty wild. So, very comic book. I think you'd like it. Give it another shot, man. I, I've been I've been loving the season. I couldn't have been happier that direction they took because it's got the feel that you wanted from The Walking Dead. Yeah, I'm in. All right, I'll. Uh... Definitely give it a, a look. And you don't have to watch the other seasons. So if, if you gave up after season one or two, don't worry about it. Just pick it up on this season. Yeah, sounds great. I'm in. All right, I'll, I'll give it a whirl. What's going on with you? Well, man, you know, just uh, living the dream, uh, fighting the fight every day. Like a, a, a comic book nerd walking, sti- uh, working stiff, not walking stiff, walking dead, <laughs> working stiff. Um, yeah, man, I, I just, uh, we're, we're in the middle of it right now, right? So Avengers uh, Infinity War came out. We saw it, uh, you know, w- within hours of its release. We uh, and now we're in Deadpool territory. So we're like st- step two uh, in. I haven't seen it yet, unfortunately. Uh, we're in baseball season, and there's a lot of other things going on, so I can't jump right in right now. But uh, I-, I plan on seeing it this week, and then uh, the preparation for Solo. So a lot going on. Um, everything's busy, but uh, I-, I did start. Um, Lost in Space, which I was going to uh, save for the Week in Geek, but it, it's probably a good opportunity with what we're coming off of talking about, uh, because this this is the kind of, this is, this is the kind of thing that grabs my attention, and it's not original content, but, um, but it is. I mean, I, I, the original was so old school and campy and not in a 
uh, intentional way. Um, you know, it was more of a family sit down. This is now uh, more of an hour long drama series um, with a, a, a backstory of the need to leave Earth and and because of a magnitude of reasons in which I, I won't give up here. But um, I'm I'm hooked in instantly. Uh, funny in the first episode, uh, or maybe beginning of the second episode, uh, Billy Mummy, Mummy, Mummy. Yeah, we met him. Yeah. We know him. We're, yeah, we're, we know we're that way dude. back. And, yeah, we met. <laughs> um, he's a uh, he's kind of like a an old school Hollywood guy. He's been around for a long time. He like formed a super group with somebody from like the Bengals and the Cow Sills or something. I don't know. Recently, I think I sent you that story. He's just a guy that's been around Hollywood for a really long time. We met him at at a con, uh, and he signed my, and for people who do, who are fans should know who he is. He played Will Robinson on the original Lost in Space, but he played little Anthony Fremont on the, uh, in the Twilight Zone episode, yep, uh, of, um, yeah, the, the, the one where the, the kid is, uh, sending people out to the cornfield, if you remember. So, um, yeah, so he, he has a real quick cameo with Parker Posers, uh, Parker Posey's character. And, uh, right now I'm about three or four in, um, and Parker Posey is stealing the show right now. Uh, of course, if you're not familiar with Parker Posey, she's, uh, made her name in those Christopher Guest movies, uh, A Mighty Wind, Best in Show, uh, all those sure, amazing sure. Best in Show Guest is my movies. favorite movie. Oh, best, best, absolutely fantastic movie. As a dog and, lover, uh, it has to be. Yeah, for sure. And, um, Christopher Guest character in that movie is just unbelievable. Um, so yeah, she's stealing the show on this uh, good dramatic role. Good, uh, I won't give away, but she's she's been been very very good. Um, the kids are relatively good. The new robots badass. So I mm-hmm. and I'm all in. What's the what's I'm your take on the? Uh, so we have the original show from the '60s, the movie that came out 20 years ago, whatever it is, and then the show today. Um, in tone, it's more like the movie. I'm supposing, right? It it's a little more serious or campy. Like, yes. how would you compare it? Yeah, so I would compare it more to the more to the movie. Um, although the movie was not great. Um, nothing against Matt LeBlanc, who I love both in Friends and in episodes. Uh, I think he's hysterical, but um, that movie was not great. And and this is, I think, from a, a perspective or from a feel um i'm not even sure what i would uh link it to because i i can't think of an outer space show where you get um you know this kind of uh i mean this feels like an hbo uh serial yeah it feels like an hbo serial well produced Oh, absolutely. Great effects. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and I was, and that's what I was most surprised with. I was just coming out of a scene where uh, Will is separated from his family and he sort of comes over a peak uh, on the foreign planet on the, you know, after they've, uh, they've crash landed. And he, just the view is, I mean, it does not look CG at all. It looks like he's in an open space in Utah, uh, but obviously with two additional planets that are that look like the moon but that are very close almost like um you know the two sons of um tatooine where they're lined up oh cool yeah 
So it was, um, it's very cool. So no, uh, I'm excited to keep it moving. I got a lot, a lot to do today. I actually have to work today, unfortunately, but I'm going to squeak in an extra couple of, um, of episodes today for sure. That's great. And so we have good day. Um, so it's funny because we we talked about it uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, and I think we were kind of like, or maybe it was the last week that we didn't get to release the Cobra Kai show on YouTube Red. We we're kind of imagining, and we'll talk, we'll get to that. But we were imagining what else could you do similar to how Cobra Kai was was made, and um, so this fits that bill. Lost in Space does. It's like how do you farm this? this intellectual property, Lost in Space, and translate it to not just today, um, but put it in a serial format and make it really, really good, right? Yeah, exactly right. And I think that Cobra Kai has done something that no no other medium has ever done before. Um, I'm blown away, and I think you know that, and I've I've been pounding on it forever, pounding my chest on it. Um, since before it came out because I thought it was a great idea, but it's done something that's transcended, uh, what we normally do. But yes, I think that, uh, you can take a property like, like Lost in Space, uh, and it looks like Jordan Peele may do something similar with the Twilight Zone. I think you're going to start, I think that's a very popular, especially based on what we're seeing in the cons right now. Uh, you know, what's popular is we're seeing Lost in Space, we're seeing Gilligan's Island, we're seeing, you know, these type of, of people show up into the cons and they have the biggest lines. Clearly you can see it, the monsters and, you know, these 60s uh, sort of sitcoms. Uh, I think you're going to see more and more that's going to be the flavor of the week because the content content is there. Uh, the character development is easy. And again, that that 35 to 54 in media is the that that's where the most money is. So right now for uh, uh, not the general money, not the big pool of money, not the 18 to 54 money that the Avengers is getting, but that niche money, that that big money that people are willing to pay for experiences, people are willing to invest and buy into. I think we're going to start to see that trend come. Uh, the Brady Bunch did have a rebirth with those movies in the 90s or early 2000s. Uh, but I, I think you're going to see a more real dramatic take to more things like Lost in Sp- Space, especially after the success of this. And I think when they do it as a serial format episodes, um, it wor- it seems to be working better in this bingeable day that we're in. Um, you can watch as much as you want at the same time. You can watch the entire show or you can space it out one a week. However you want to consume this content is completely up to the viewer. Which is to me personally good and bad, but that seems to be the way it's working now. The best content's coming out as bingeable and something that you can control your flow, right? How quickly you want to consume this. Yeah, exactly right. And uh, and again, with the way that that is coming out and the way that that um, we have to compete for eyeballs, I was I was bought into the show in I don't know three minutes, not even. Two minutes, I was like, wow, look at this. Cobra Kai, so, it hooked me hard, man. When I watched that, yeah, you're right. It was the first three minutes. I'm like, all right, let's roll up the sleeves. We're not going to bed until I'm done yeah, with this. We're not, we're not doing this, <laughs> especially they're nice, quick 30-minute episodes. There's 10 of them. So it's, you know, it's not like a full 13 
episode one hour long, although it could have been, it wasn't. So this is a, this is a four hour, four and a half hour watch right here. That's what it is. Yeah. It's basically getting two karate kids for the price of one. That's right. It really is. So, um, so we are going to dig in, um, a, a little bit to that, but we would be entirely remiss. I know that we're late. I know that we haven't put out a show in a couple of weeks, but, uh, to be expected, a thousand percent. I guess we can call this the weekend geek. We're getting into the weekend uh, geek, guys. Here we I, go. Yeah, it's been a while. Here we go. Yeah, <laughs> we, we can geek. It's been a while, but uh, I, this is just kind of going to be a mismatch, mishmash show of everything that we've missed over the last couple of weeks. So I guess we can call this the weekend geek. Whatever. Uh, Infinity War is now the first time we recorded this show. It had the number one uh, opening of all time. Uh, at this point now. Uh, crossing all sorts of lines and breaking records. Infinity War is the number one superhero film of all time from a gross domestic and international perspective. Congratulations, so, uh, Infinity War. That's incredible. And, and Feige. Feige. I mean, yep. Jesus, man. I, 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 he's just, um, he's a god among boys. And we talked about this. Uh, we've talked about this personally in the past and we did record this. So we are covering it again. I think a lot of the stuff, uh, we talked about already, but we, I want to say that there was a a time where, uh, in Captain America, the winter soldier, where uh, things were starting to look a little similar, right? Where we're on aircraft carriers and things are crashing and, there was a pivotal point where people were starting to come on the fence where they're like, all right, well, this is pretty similar to what uh, the last four movies have been. The last four movies have looked like the, you know, the same things are happening. There has not been great uh, villain development. We're not bought in. Sure. Loki's great, but there's, there's not much else. And Kevin Feige stayed the course and, I think he listened. I think he listened to what was out there. I think people were tired of the uh, Nick Fury and um, and Robin from How I Met Your Mother, like being on an aircraft carrier and things going. I, I think and and all of a sudden, then Guardians of the Galaxy are born and Thor changes and Iron Man changes and we start moving into this new direction of what Phase Four is going to be. And here it is, folks. Like this is what is the difference between Marvel and DC. And he is, Kevin Feige has set Marvel up for success for the next 20 years uh, as the way that it sits. So I couldn't be more excited. Congratulations. And I just take every penny that I have, anything they do, I'm bought in on. And yeah, man, fantastic stuff. We saw the movie together when it came out. um, And we definitely talked about this, but... I think it's two and a half, two and a half hours plus all your previews. So you're talking close to three hours of sitting in a seat. Uh, I don't know about you, but for for myself and my date, we were um, glued to our seats, and the time went by so quickly because the movie was just one thing after another. You did not want to get up because you would miss something. There is just so much detail like layered in there. Um, I mean. So much fun. I mean, from the opening scene with uh, Thanos wiping out the Asgardians to the the closing scene where, you know, Thanos sitting on his porch. It's incredible. Like, you just didn't want to miss a beat. So You didn't. And if there was one 
complaint that I had about the movie was was that right that that there was no um, and they, and and here's the thing they've they had how many 20 hours 18 hours of of uh, of preamble of pre-roll to get you so there was no need for character development in this movie at all you were you were in and that's the and, and that's what allowed for you to get punched in the mouth for two and a half straight hours is that they did not need to spend any time anywhere else other than developing the character of uh, of Thanos, and that's what they did, and they they did it quickly and effectively, and just it was it was incredible. It and really he was. as as a as a villain, Thanos, um, and Josh Brolin just it's difficult enough to do something in CGI, um, but it, it's almost impossible to put that much emotion into the role and be able to play it the way he did. But Thanos, as a character within the movie, his motives. You could understand them, right? You could. They weren't far fetched uh, at all. It, it was, you know, he was pretty, pre, pretty much like an eco warrior, right? Um, concerned about the the world's population or the world, the gal- galaxy's uh, universe's population, population. not starving, yep. not having uh, disease. That's his motive: is to save people, right? Yeah, right. And in a uh, and and much like uh, Eric Killmonger, right? That that you 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 felt for this character, you understood his motives. Um, and 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 Loki, if you go back and think about it, that that this is that now the son of a frost giant and was lied to his whole life and was uh, you you can feel for that character. They hadn't done that. They certainly didn't do it with Ronan. They didn't do it with uh, many of the other villains across uh, Marvel. Uh, even even if you think about uh, the Red Skull early on, um, you know he was just a Nazi, right? You just uh, Nazi craving power. There was no uh, complexity to that character. And I love uh, the first Avenger as much as anybody, but uh, not a lot of character development into the villain. Uh, but here, that's not the case. Certainly. And which is which? If I was any competing studio or, or like DC, I'd be very nervous at this point because Marvel's figured it out. <laughs> they, they figured sure out the have. last right. Right. area that they needed to improve, and that was making the villains three dimensional. And, and, and watch well, out! Now it's on. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Now it's on. So they they really, for all intents and purposes, have replaced Star Wars in the in the economy i guess I, I and listen star wars is still printing money and they're still episode nine will compete with avengers as uh one of the highest grossing films of all time but in a, in a new world in a new age where and, and let me and let me draw this comparison right it, it is that star wars did a, a pretty good job of being inclusive even for the 70s but uh, you know, they had Lando and they had strong women characters and they had strong, uh, you know, it was good, but the Avengers had a clean slate and, and they were starting in a place where we understand things better and we understand where we need to be socially. So uh, they they had a great baseline, uh, although they've been criticized of being uninclusive and still having uh you know, that old school Hollywood philosophy, uh, a little macho, a little unsympathetic to women, not a lot of women development, but they've done, mostly, they've done 
an incredible job of being inclusive and putting stars on the screen that are relatable to the United States of America in 20, in 2008 to 2018. And on the other side, Star Wars has had a, its challenge and you see campaigns out there to make their characters gay or lesbian, or you have them uh, wanting to be more inclusive. So Star Wars has a, a, a taller order to try to um, come across and fix some of the things that they've done or come into modern times. And Kathleen Kennedy has been around since the beginning. She's the head of Lucasfilm uh, for Disney. And I think she's making good decisions and I think she'll be there for a long time, but she's got a way taller order and a harder piece to run than Feige does. And so, uh, and that's why I think you see Marvel leading the way and will lead the way into the future. And so uh, I'm interested to see what Star Wars does. I mean, the first headline I saw this morning was, just so everyone knows, Lando Calrissian is a pansexual. And I'm like, what? Like, what are, what are we talking about now? Like, what? what? And, and, and it's not, it's not Star Wars fault that they came out in, 19, in 1974. It's not their fault. And, 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 the enthusiasts and the, I don't know. I just think that that uh, they have a harder path. They have a, a a longer and harder road to hoe than the Avengers do. And I hope they do it right. Mm-hmm. I hope Me they too. do. Me too. Me too. Um, yeah. Uh, what else you got? Yeah. So this week uh, we found out some some comments just sticking on the uh, uh, Avengers thing. Helms, Helmsworth, uh, Chris Helmsworth, of course, our favorite uh, caped crusader, in, uh, especially in Avengers Infinity War, uh, is now starting to refer to Marvel and the cinematic universe as we. So any interview he's talking about, it's very we when he's talking. And it's not, it's not, it's not them, it's not the studio, it's not. This is leading a lot of people uh, to believe that we will see more of Thor, Post uh, inv- uh, Avengers inv- Four, Avengers Four, yeah, um, and, and I think that's interesting. I think the way that the storyline has gone, I think that you can see why they would want Thor around longer. Um, I think uh, if if they're not going to hand the mantle off to uh, Jane or whoever as a as a woman Thor, I think we're going to see him around. Maybe he takes on more of an Odin type role where he's on on Asgard and leading his people. Um, and and we don't see him as frequently, but we do see him. Uh, and maybe we do see somebody else defending Asgard uh, on the exterior. But uh, just interesting, interesting the way that he's uh, framing himself and his relationship with the studio. I've said this before. Helmsworth uh, as Thor is just, he's very fun to watch. Uh, He's fun in this universe. And I would like to see him around as long as they can keep him um, to to be the point person. He he does it all. Like, you laugh with him. He he makes you feel sympathetic for him and his, you know, the other characters. He's just great on screen. Um, And he's, He's Thor. Like, he is that character now. When I think of Thor, I think of him dressed up um, in Ragnarok, right? <laughs> uh, fighting Hulk. It's just, he's the guy that, that he became that part. Uh, I think probably as much, maybe if not a little bit more, than Robert Downey Jr. became Tony Stark, right? You can't think of that character without him's face on that. And same with Hemsworth. But the thing is, Hemsworth is 
he from the original Thor to everyone he's touched, maybe except Dark World, but he still has that self-deprecating humor uh, that works is you know for such a pretty boy, right? Um, he uses that to his advantage, and you saw it in Infinity War, uh, the way that comedy played out when he first met the Guardians. And they're all blown away about how godlike he is, and and Chris Pratt was so you know um, Peter Quill was so um, defensive about it. Yeah, he <laughs> and that really was. scene yeah, yeah, was yeah. just, and, and it was it was funny at the right time, and I don't think anybody else could have pulled it off like Helmsworth did. No, and listen, there was that that horrible. I loved the Pitch Perfect, the first Pitch Perfect, really funny, well written, and uh, <laughs> sure. that, that 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 director. Um, whose name escapes me, and I know we always stink at this. Um, I, I, we, we could look it up, but the uh, the director of the uh, the same director of the uh, that awful remake of the Ghostbusters, um, and the saving grace of that movie was Chris Helmsworth, and I think that that is playing into um, the uh, just. The, I think that Ke- that Feige saw. That horrible Star Wars movie and what, uh, I mean, not Star Wars, the horrible uh, Ghostbusters movie and saw what Chris Helmsworth brought to it and that he, it, without him, that movie is just the un- unwatchable without Chris Helmsworth. Oh, that's and, Paul uh, Feig, is this how you say it? Yeah, yeah, Paul Feig, that's right. Yep, 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 yep that's right. Um just, uh, yeah, he, he – and listen, I thought he was going to do a great job with an all-women cast after what he did with um, uh, with Pitch Perfect 1. And really, 2 was kind of funny, but the first one was just really, really funny. I think he also did Bridesmaids. Um, I think he did, yeah. So uh, that's what I mean. It, it was set up for that that movie to, to win, and it, di- it didn't work until Chris Helmsworth got on. And so you can see why. I th- and I, and, and like I said, I think Feige took uh, a cue from that and said, wow, Helmsworth's got a lot more comedic chops than we're allowing him to display right now. And that's why Ragnarok turned into what it did. And that's what we're going to continue to see from him. So in any event, did it's you exciting. Ever, uh, speaking of comedic chops, did, I'm just remembering this. Do you, did you remember the... There was a Thor promos. I don't remember what for what movie it was, but it was him. He he became this guy's roommate. <laughs> he entered oh, like a yeah. Craigslist ad. Oh, fantastic! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It might have been. Uh, it's either Funny or Die or um, Oh my God. College Humor. One of those websites came out with the oh, so great, so great. He played I, Thor. I, and he was just like living in some you know two bedroom apartment with this like normal schlub, <laughs> and it's Thor. Gotta gotta thunder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've got to, you've got to, if you haven't seen that, go and YouTube watch that. It. Get, pull it up on YouTube. Yeah, really great. So, um, so anyway, that's my, uh, my Helmsworth update. Well, so, good. That's good news. I, I hope he sticks around for a long, long time. Yeah, me too. So, um, okay. So Friday or Thursday night, we knew that Deadpool, uh, came out and, um, I'm going to let, let you jump in. Did you, did you go yet? I did not no? go yet. I'm, I'm waiting, um, for my girlfriend to get back from a work trip. So we'll probably hit it. Jeez, oh, we're gonna try next weekend, but with Memorial Day coming up, it, we're gonna try to get there this week. Where we will. Uh, I've been staying away from the spoilers, but the reviews, and I really never dive that deeply into them. I just kind of look at it as a. I think most people do. You look at it from a, a higher altitude, and you see what the, you know, what the currents look like, right? Um, 
and I can say that it's it looks to me like it's performing as, as expected. Uh, the uniqueness is worn off, uh, I think, very quickly from the first Deadpool, which kind of came out of left field and took you know took the world by storm. And uh, Deadpool 2 is just, it, I think it's doing what you wanted it to do, right? It, it's going to hit all the funny elements. Ryan Reynolds is, Ryan Reynolds, he's doing, you probably saw the week leading up to it. He's on every talk show that he could. Did you catch this, the late show with Stephen Colbert with uh, oh, that was fantastic. <laughs> Deadpool came really out and did the, <laughs> did the monologue? So, I mean, he was so great. He's been on everything pushing the show. And so the tone is there. It's, it's right. I'm looking forward to seeing it. I, I'm not as excited as I was for the original one, but I am looking forward to it. I don't want to come off as saying I'm, I don't want to see it. It's, uh, yeah, I think it's going to hit the marks that I want it to hit. It's going to be funny. It's going to have a lot of gore and, and <laughs> ways that he's taking out the bad guys. You're going to laugh at that. The, you know. <laughs> it'll, it'll, it will be great. And... The, the, the biggest piece for me is that they put Domino in and for anybody who's not a, um, a fan of the comics and don't know about Domino, Domino's um, superpower is luck. And uh, I, I think about that with the way that they shot the last movie and uh, Domino being lucky around Deadpool is what's going to drive that movie. I don't know. I haven't heard any reviews. I haven't heard anything about Domino. I've always wanted her to have her own standalone movie, but give Deadpool a little bit of luck. And I think it adds so much more, uh, another level to it, to that, uh, to everything they've done. So that's what I'm most excited about. I mean, yeah. Domino's the best. So I, I, uh, I expect by the time we do this show again, we'll, we'll have, uh, both have seen it. So we'll, we'll be able to speak more to it, but yeah, cool. So, um, moving along, I'm going to knock these the rest of these out really quickly. Uh, Quiet Place, I feel, is like, uh, really unfortunate that uh, it came out when it came out. Uh, I feel like if it came out uh, around the time, uh, or not around the time, I mean, around the time in the year, um, like a December release or something was a little bit slower, that movie would have been as big of a hit as uh, get out was. And I think we would be talking about him for best director. I think that that movie is getting unfortunately lost in the, in the shuffle though, still very successful, um, has gotten a sequel. Uh, so we caught it last week or two. Yeah. Last week. And it was, it was everything it was built to be, man. It, it was a very JJ Abrams esque like Cloverfield feel to it. And, you're right. Krasinski took a lot of risks. Like you're, you have a, this cast, and you're not going to let them do much talking at all through the whole movie. Um, relying on the audience to read subtitles. I mean, there's a lot of risks he took on this film, and it paid off. Uh, the it wasn't. You know, I didn't go earlier. You know, in the in the run of it, so it wasn't like a packed theater. But everyone was just. You could hear people gasping as certain things happen throughout the movie. So it was a lot of fun and I can't wait to see. And I, I hope to God that the sequel hits the mark it needs to hit. And what I was thinking, and by now it, we've clearly gone into spoiler territory. So you guys all know that we're going to be revealing stuff here, but man, there's two directions. I think they could go with a sequel, right? You could keep the tone of the original one, keep it serious, keep it dark. Or what I hope for 
is the way that the tone that it ended with was the daughter figuring out I know how to I know how to make the you know these aliens um, exposed and the mother with the boomstick the shotgun loading it clicking it and ready to go I could see this movie taking and I go back to it an evil dead turn and being very um, comic booky right over the top on the next one. And I would love that. I would love to see these two, the mother and daughter, leading the charge in an over-the-top way. Um, it would just be so much fun. It, like uh, how you had Alien, right? The movie Alien. And you had Aliens come in and it was way over the top. <laughs> right? right? And it was a fun movie. I think they can make a really, really fun movie with A Quiet Place too. I think, and I'm looking forward to it, and that it'll be cool. So, uh, Bill and Ted, Bill and Ted Three. Mm. Speaking, speaking of announced, so they 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 did the, and I think we discussed this uh, April Fool's Day. They did a, a photo shoot for Bill and Ted Three, uh, but it has now been officially announced for for real, for real. Yeah. Uh, we got a little bit of a storyline. I guess it's going to be based around that that song that they wrote to save the world. I guess it's getting close, and they still haven't done it. So they're going to have a new mentor, as George Carlin is no longer around. And uh, it's his, that new... They're going to cast as Rufus's daughter, right? Is that the, uh, what yeah, I've heard? Yep, yeah, Rufus's daughter. And um, it's going to be use musicians and people from history to uh, to get this done. So I, uh, I, I'm yeah. interested, especially with this nostalgia trip we've been taking with um, Lost in Space, Cobra Kai... And now Bill and Ted's. I mean, we got Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter back in the roles. So, what's not the like? <laughs> right. Uh, other than they're old. Um, it's okay we'll though. See. We're old. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. I know. And, and so I think it. I think it works. So, um, okay. And then Solo finally is. Uh, I mean, getting rave reviews. We can't say very much right now. Um, because it's just where we're at. We know where we're at, but uh, reviews are starting to come in, hearing, you know, the greatest, the best of all time, the best movie I've ever seen, uh, best Star Wars of the new group. So, uh, again, well, uh, I don't want to talk too much more about it, but uh, we will say that uh, it's coming. Yes, this week, right? This week? Yeah, end of this week, yep. So, all right. The end of this week in Geek, I... I just want to give Cobra Kai uh, a few minutes and talk about, uh, I, I don't, I didn't know what to expect. Um, I know it looked great. I know that it, um, you know, it, it felt like it was going to be fun. It really touched our childhood. Um, but it could, it could have fallen on its face, even as good as the, tra the trailers were. Um, but boy, it, it didn't do that at all. And what, for me, what's most impressive is, and what was most risky, is that you've got this lore and you've got this uh, movie that will sit in infamy forever if you leave it the way that it is. And I understand that studios are willing to take chances because of, um, you know, to make money. I get that. But very seldom, like The Breakfast Club, like Ferris Bueller, like uh, others that, that just rest in our incredible pieces of film history and part, parts of people's childhoods, like how could you ever touch The Karate Kid? And they took the risk and really took the story and completely flipped it on its head. And 
and they could have failed in this. They could have ruined the, the first movie and they didn't do that. They strengthened it because I, I watched it again yesterday and it's better now. It really is. You watched the, so, the original? I did yesterday. And uh, the thing that I realized in watching the original that, um, and I'll get into this, I guess, as, as we talk more about it, but um, the stars of that movie were the score, which was uh, incredible. Right, the, the the music, whether it's the film score and the soundtrack combination, uh, is one of the best I've ever seen. That's, I really. love that you brought that up. I went on iTunes and immediately looked for Cobra Kai soundtrack, and I found all the uh, basically someone made a playlist of the songs in the show. So I've been ripping through those, and it, it's one of those situations where the the soundtrack drives the plot, right? It, it is. And, and in the original film, I mean, Pat Morita, uh, they were originally concerned to cast him because of it, it was known as he was known as, a, you know, Arnold from Happy Days. I mean, he was it was a funny role and they didn't know that he had it until they brought him in to read for it. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I looked at that movie and said, geez, without this incredible score and incredible soundtrack, I'm not sure we love this movie as much as we did. And uh, if Pat Morita had not been cast and it was somebody else, then uh, I don't know that we would have loved it. So with those two being the biggest pieces and those two pieces being replaced for the show, I was even a little bit more nervous. And what it accomplishes is nothing short of a miracle for television. And I think that it's nothing we've ever seen before. And I hope that it's something that we see in the future. The, the one thing that I'll say is that Ralph Macchio was not great in the first movie. And, you know, they, they had uh, Sean Penn in mind for that role. They had Charlie Sheen in mind for that role. And I don't know. I can think back on movies like The Matrix where they had Will Smith cast uh, as Neo and Sean Connery as Morpheus. Um, I cannot imagine that in my head <laughs> of... You know, I think The Matrix is exactly perfect how it needs to be. I can go back and say Johnny Lawrence played a way better role. William Zabka was much better as Johnny Lawrence as Ralph Macchio was as as uh, Danny, as Daniel. So, and I think that carries true and through in Cobra Kai. If I had one complaint, it, it's the same complaint that I have about the movie is that Ralph Macchio is kind of hacky. And... But yes, but, you're, you're right. But isn't that the isn't that part of the heart of the the film? He, like if you go back to the original one, and this is his was this his first role after Outsiders? Um, no, it wasn't. It was, it was before uh, Outsiders. No, no, no. This is after Outsiders. Okay, but he did have um, a couple of um, smaller but major role. Yes. Uh, yeah. So this yeah. is. I mean, his. I think that endeared him for me um uh ralph macchio he's listen he's never going to be the best actor of the group but he is going to give you that 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 schlocky read right i mean that's what he is and they embraced it they did embrace it and i again and they didn't change it and i just i don't know that he can go outside of who he is uh, he, he wasn't about to change, but um, there were personal moments within the in the film. I mean, I'm sorry, within the show that um, that needed some acting chops and he fell short 
in a couple places. I'm just nitpicking, man, because other than that, I think that this was absolutely perfect. And Zapka is, if he doesn't get a supporting, I mean, at least a Golden Globe nomination for this role, I would be shocked. Shocked. Yeah. And he, he just, he turned it on, man. You you felt for him. And I love how they went back and used that fan theory that it is actually Daniel was the, the bully. <laughs> And they use right. that to, to for the show. They put that into the show, and it was it's so brilliant. It, it really was. Just from the very beginning, and and again now, uh, in a way that you felt for Thanos and you felt for Eric Killmonger, you feel for Johnny. You, you see him in a situation where he's a, and I think the longer this is out, and the more times you watch this, the more you pick up on it. Is that his son in the show? Uh, and I don't want to give too much away, but uh, he has a son in the show. You can see that in the trailers. But he, he Johnny's a, they, there's a flashback. Ed Asner plays his his father or stepfather uh, only briefly, but you see him at the dinner table where this guy, uh, this rich punk business guy who treats Johnny like crap, is his stepfather. And you can see that the mother is young and beautiful and with him because of the money, not because uh, you could clearly see all of it. And and you could see the dynamic of why Johnny's angry, of why Johnny joins karate, why he's looking for a mentor and why, um, you know, he finds his way to Cobra Kai. Right. And why John Kreese becomes a father type figure. And you can see why at the most vulnerable time in his life that he's susceptible to Kreese's uh, bad behavior. And so even his, through the movie, you can see his internal, uh, scope going off saying like these, some of these things that Kreese is having me do aren't right. And they drag that over to the movie and, and the story like history repeats itself and with his own son and his girlfriend who he had his son with, you can see the similarities of his own mother in that character and it's deep and smart and you can pick up a lot of things and it's just, I, I can't even describe it. I mean, I can't, it's so hard for me to get my hands around it because it's emotional at the same time as it's funny and nostalgic and poignant and to the point and to the, it's just, it, it, it and, and there's a reason why it's a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes and people cannot look into it as deeply as I am right now and enjoy it and not see the subtleties and not pick up. But these producers have layered these characters, uh, didn't spend as much time on on Daniel, but do spend time with his family and his wife and his cousin and his dealerships. And uh, you, you see all of that stuff uh, and the anger in which Daniel has um, become without Miyagi's guidance. And you see that as well. So I just, clearly we're going to see a season two. We know that right away. Um, but that's like my, I don't know. I don't even know if what I just said made sense, <laughs> but uh, it, it's so, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm knocked away. I'm blown away by it really. All right. So it comes down to this. If you had a choice between both dojos, Cobra Kai and Miyagi-Do, who do you pick? Uh, Cobra Kai. Yeah. Okay. All day, all day, because and and here's my other, and maybe you're going to have a different feeling on this, is that they spent so much time uh, in Cobra Kai and developing the character. There was a very abrupt change, right? And 
I'm not sure they did a really great job describing that abrupt change. And suddenly the hero becomes a villain, villain becomes a hero. Um, and I was a little confused by it, right? I was a little like, wow, they spent a lot of time making you feel for, you know, one way. And then they flipped the script kind of quickly. I'm hoping that that gets played out more in season two. Um, I don't know if you feel differently about it, but I, I actually want to know what you feel about okay, it. Okay, so I was, I know you know what I'm talking about. I do. I was on, so I, I was going between the two dojos in my head as I'm watching the show, because that's part of the fun, right? Imagining where would you want to be, right? Uh, and I have to say it was 50-50. I, 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 I loved Cobra Kai. I loved how uh, he was taking the the downtrodden of the school, you know, the nerds, the geeks, and really ch- changing their view, changing who they were in a good way. Um, so I was like, in that respect, I was like, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't like that. I, I would like to be there. But then it started dawning on me. He's like, but he's creating, without knowing it, he, he obviously doesn't get it yet. Uh, he's creating all the bad elements of these folk. These, these kids are bubbling up. And then I'm looking at, Miyagi, Miyagi-Do, and I'm seeing what he's doing with, and again, we're in spoiler ter- territory clearly here, what Danielson is doing with um, Johnny's son, and and who's the kid that should be a Cobra Kai, he's not, and all he's doing all the right things. So, for and, and right things in terms of what I, my point of view, I would probably go with Daniel. I, I like that backstory i like how he teaches and the whole energy and the balance to me that makes sense so i would go with miyagi Do. i i don't blame you uh <laughs> and and i understand i i think that johnny if anything was uh disappointed by the behavior of his star pupil um after the tournament i think you knew exactly how it was going to go when it went um, and who should have won and who did win and all of that. Um, I I think that we're going to see... Um, here's what I think, uh, my prediction, and again, we are in spoiler territory. Uh, I think we see Johnny and Daniel come together. Um, I think that ultimately uh, Johnny will get thrown out of Cobra Kai, right? Uh, he will refuse uh, what he's going to be offered, He's going to leave and uh, we're going to see Daniel and Johnny become something strong together against the the uh, bad element in which I won't. Yeah. So how great um, was that scene um, that it was basically the whole episode with Johnny and Daniel together um, and basically visiting uh, Daniel's old apartment. Then they're going to drinks together. They're they're rocking out the speed wagon in the car. How fun was that? It was the the most fun. <laughs> it was the and, highlight for me. I just think it was brilliant. <laughs> and again, I think that you can think about. And again, this is the this is drawing back on the brilliance of the producers of the show. Is that we're in the they're in the backyard and they're about to fight, and Daniel's wife comes out, and uh, <laughs> this is not something that you normally see. That that. Normally in shows like this that you see on the CW or in other places, these unrealistic things play out and you've got these two 40 something year old guys out in the backyard about to beat the crap out of each other. (laughs) And the wife comes out and offers pancakes and they're both like, they look at each other like, all right, I could have pancakes. And that's what starts it. And that's, uh, that's the development. And I think that's where, I think that's why I think it's going the, the place that it's going.
that one. Yeah. So the humor was love, spot man. on, right? Yeah, I'm in love. Um, uh, I watched yesterday. I watched because uh, it was raining and you know things got canceled, which I was happy about. You didn't what? Uh, you didn't want to watch the royal wedding? Nah, no, no royal wedding for me. I. Uh, yeah, so I watched uh, the original Karate Kid, and then I watched uh, Cobra Kai again. So you'd be proud of me. Uh, I watched what, what, Jay and Silent yeah, Bob yeah, Strikes watch? Back. Jay and Silent hey. Bob Strikes Back, and Clerks. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. My girlfriend yeah, asked, "Are you watching the uh, the Royal Wedding?" I was like, "Hell no! <laughs> I'm watching Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back." Yes, <laughs> couldn't hell be yeah. any further from the. I took the thing that was furthest <laughs> that was furthest from, from the Royal Wedding, and that was what I watched instead. As just, uh, <laughs> and and we are getting the reboot. It's coming. It's uh, they're just finishing up uh, getting um, and actually some shooting has begun I'm for uh, sure Jane Silent Bob get old or grow old or whatever. No, it's actually just Jane Silent Bob reboot. Um, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. They're they're yeah they're doing it and they began shot shooting, but you didn't hear that here. Hopefully, I don't get in trouble for saying that. But um, I don't hate that, that they're they going back to that well, man. I just I watched a lot of his stuff and. Those characters—it's one of those things. He's got his own Marvel universe kind of thing going on, and where every movie's kind of has his has a string attached to the next movie to the next movie, and just it's fun going back and watching these and and see there's so many layers that Kevin puts into his movies that uh, it's always enjoyable to go back to watch these. They, they for for me, um, they're fun. To, I just noticed something about Clerks that I texted you about that. You know, family show. We're not going to bring it up here, but about Snowball in the back of the ambulance with the <laughs> with the corpse, <laughs> and and I I've seen the movie dozens of times and never once noticed what I noticed, and <laughs> I had to like wash my wash my eyes with soap after I <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah pretty great pretty great so. Um, so, all right. Awesome. So that, that this was a, a lot of information that we jammed into one show. So, uh, why don't we, uh, we're going to close it out with uh, a little Rushmore and with the amazing, the, the, the overwhelming power of Avengers infinity war, follow uh, with the, Deadpool too. And, uh, all so that much happening. Yep. Right, the, 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 there has to be balance in the force, right? There has to be for for every ying, there must be a yang. That's Miyagi Do, so, man. You sure you shouldn't? You should be Miyagi Do. It's a, it's a very uh, Miyagi thing uh, to say. No mercy, no mercy. Um, <laughs> so we're gonna go with the most disappointing superhero film of all time. So I'm 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 in a world where I imagine that. Uh, we line up to see Infinity War, and it just crashes and falls on its face, which obviously it did not do. But these movies that we picked for our Rushmore absolutely did that, where uh, in one circumstance, I was even considering a uh, a, a tent, right? Like p- putting out a tent and, and making sure that I was the first person to see this movie, Um and I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually, I'll lead it. I'll start off. Go. I, Mick Spawn, man. It, I, I'm number one film up on that Rushmore for me. Most disappointing. We talked about in this show my love for Image, my love for what they did, and and for those of you who don't understand Image Comics, uh, Spawn I'll is the granddaddy it. of it. 
It really is. So if, if you imagine that you put like the 92 dream team where, um, you know, the the U.S. United States or the Olympic Committee says, OK, professional basketball players can play in the Olympics and you get Michael Jordan, you've got Magic Johnson and you've got Larry Bird and all of that um, is exactly what happened with Image Comics. Um, so with that, Image Comics uh, is born. Todd McFarlane, amazing, right? Like the, the re just brought Spider-Man back. You know his toys, you know his everything. Spawn was his baby. And, uh, and here we are, uh, the, the movie's about to come out and it just is the worst movie that I've ever seen in my life. I wanted um, it to be good. Even still to this so day, is a terrible movie. Yeah. And I even think McFarlane himself is... Um, just yeah just not happy so anyway um he didn't do any movies after that right no like no that movies. was like but nope. he i mean that was it like he did spawn cast john leguizamo as the clown and that was that <laughs> it, it was yeah i'm looking at pictures of it now and it was just the cgi was atrocious the, the acting was atrocious everything about it was bad and, and this was be my number one too. It just we're lined up here. Spawn for me was the biggest letdown of all time for me. I had all the comics. I still have all my Spawn comics from the nineties, and you know we bought the toys. I was a huge fanboy of Todd McFarlane. He could do no wrong until Spawn, and then I was like, "To hell with this! I'm out. <laughs> I'm out hard." That's how bad. A terrible movie can can do to your brand, like, and he's never touched movies since, right? He did the cartoons, which, which, which helped restore it. But I was so snake bitten by that movie, I never went went even to the cartoons. Yeah, so that so was there it a is. fantastic first choice for the Rushmore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just uh, unfortunate, but yes, yeah, um, it's sorry. fantastic in all the wrong ways. Yeah, mine, exactly. Mine uh, along the same. The same principle. For me, one of my favorite um, comic book superheroes growing up was Johnny Blaze, Ghost Rider. Uh, I loved Ghost Rider so much that whenever he had a crossover into like X-Men or Spider-Man, I was first one in line to buy that book. The movie with Nicolas Cage, and I'm putting both of these with this, was so... I call it an abortion of a movie. It was the terrible acting of Nicolas Cage where he was he was no longer the Nick Cage of The Rock, right? He was no longer Nick Cage of... Um, it was just unbelievably... Uh, it was unbelievable that he would be that character. Um, his, his supporting cast was a huge letdown. Uh, the story was... You know, again, it's, I think it's these... It was these movies trying to do too much with CGI before it was ready. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's a great call. And, and instead, what you get is this mediocre mess of a of, of a flick that should have it had so much great backstory and great things were already written. Just take them, <laughs> right? And I, I I pray that Ghost Rider gets a, a, a second chance uh, in in the years to come. 
I think so. Uh, and I hope you're right. Uh, so, all right, quickly, I'm going to go to my number three. And that's a great call, by the way, because those, all of those, anything. Yeah, that was really bad. So, um, I remember, uh, I mean, Christopher Reeve is, is up there in our Rushmore of, of superheroes. Yes. And, uh, I remember being really in, intrigued and interested when, uh, they were because Lois and Clark and Smallville may have even been out by this time, and they had done they had done done some different things uh, when Superman Returns came out, and uh, they were ready to uh, reboot the franchise and continue on the storyline post um, you know post whatever Richard Pryor and uh, Superman Quest for Peace, Peace. yeah Quest for Peace, um, which is also on a Rushmore, right? Uh, it is, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, so yeah. Anyway, the, um, I want to say that it's sad, but Superman Returns is, is, is up there for me. Uh, I fell asleep. Um, I, I legit fell asleep. He was, he was carrying maybe a train or a bus over his head and I fell asleep. And, something big. Uh, yeah. Something big. Airbus. And, but yeah. So, uh, that's just a good no call. Good call. No character. It was so confusing because you didn't know where it was just confusing and bad and killed that poor actor's career. And it just, yeah, it's so really terrible. Did. And you know what's sad about it is where we just talked about Ghost Rider and Spawn having just a, a just a lackluster casting. This movie, Superman Returns, did not have a lackluster casting. They had good people in that movie. And it, I know. There's nothing like that. A Kevin Spacey before. Kevin Spacey became, you know, a bad word in Hollywood. Uh, but he was a good actor at that point. And there was, he couldn't even save it. It was just, it was so boring. That's a good call. You know what kills me too is that, and this is where Rotten Tomatoes doesn't always get it right. Mm-hmm. Um, 75% on Rotten Tomatoes for that movie. Can you imagine that? Have you watched like it recently? Yeah, I have, and it doesn't play. It's still okay. just as bad as yeah. I, you it's know. Sometimes, sometimes things age better. I mean, well, I guess. It, all right, let let me ask you this: compare it to the Superman we have now. Yeah, I, listen, what do you uh, think? I better think or worse, the same. Nah, I mean, a different kind of a different kind of crap. Would you prefer it's to watch that crap or the crap that's out today? I'm gonna get an answer. <sighs> Boy, I don't, I don't, I don't want to watch either. I don't, I don't. You I have really to, don't. You have two I, movies to watch, and if you don't watch either movie, you're gonna die. Which, which one do you watch? The one with, we're gonna say, I, a Man of Steel or, um, Superman Returns. I think I watch Man of Steel. I think I do. All right, there you go. I, even I, though it doesn't make sense, but this, this, I think, I think this movie was this was that boring. Okay, I'm with you. I, by the way, I agree. I would rather watch Man of Steel than Superman Returns. And for the last spot that I am going to put out there, and is I think going into this movie, I had very high expectations. Again, it's another it, wow. Marvel has a lot of spots in this list, so all their success. Just to remind you, um, you know, two out of the four are Marvel properties. I'm going with Fantastic Four. I think they have not been able to, and this goes to the the, the 2000s one. Um, the early 2000s version. And even the, the one that came out recently, it just I, I don't even count that because it was such a bad movie. I didn't want to see it. I wanted to see this one and like it a lot. And I just didn't do it. It just... I didn't... I had higher expectations for this film. I thought we would have much better 
better uh, development, character development, or fun story. And it just it hit on nothing for me. So Fantastic Four. I think Rise of the Silver Surfer was a better movie. It was, but it the was. original Fantastic Four was that's a huge letdown for me. I just I, I wanted to be better than it was. Again. Yeah, I get it. Um, I think that yeah, your top billing was Chickless and Jessica Alba, and they've just they, it just fell short. Um, and and luckily uh, Evans uh, was able to rebound and come back as Captain America. So yeah, man, it's a good call. Um, I'm gonna put Batman and Robin and uh, an X Men Wolverine Origins Wolverine as our um, as our honorable mentions because they were pretty pretty awful fl- films. So. Um, yeah, man. So we, uh, we got an episode in hopefully when we, uh, get off and go to edit that we don't have any problems. (laughs) Nope. I think we're going to be good this week. Uh, so anything, um, anything else? Are we? Uh, Yeah. I mean, I, 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 yeah, I think, um, I think it's been discussed now we're late, but, um, I, I do just quickly want to touch on um, it's really important to if, if you're going to watch uh, Infinity War again to really pay attention to Doctor Strange and you know in particular that yeah. one scene that he talks about the odds of uh, of them succeeding uh, one in because 14 I, million yeah exactly that number and the one in 14 million um, and when he looks at Tony after he saves him um, and hands over the time stone. He um, he says there was no other way. Clearly, uh, that states to me that uh, the plan for saving humanity and saving our favorite uh, heroes and saving Phase Four, honestly, um, it, it lies in the plan. Um, Cumberbatch is incredible. Maybe the best casting in all of those movies is Doctor Strange. Um, I think you're going to see more of him. And I think that that plan is what saves the world. So go back, watch those and look at the plan. What do you have on, uh, infinity war? Anything? I think it's, uh, we talked a lot about, you know, actually covered a lot of topics today. Uh, infinity war for this half of the year is the most important and the biggest comic book movie we're going to get all year. Um, so Go, go watch it again. I agree with you that Doctor Strange part is it, it's key to what's coming down in Avengers 4. Uh, I think maybe even with Captain Marvel, we'll see um, when that comes out. But for me, I just I, I want to point on Marvel Studios here, um, make a point on them, and just how smart they are with how they make their movies. So... There is one character in here, Peter Dinklage played, who everyone knows from Game of Thrones. He's cast as a dwarf. He's always cast as a dwarf, right? He plays um, Eitri. Eitri is the creator of the gauntlet and also Thor's hammer later on. But what's, again, how Marvel gets it right is they cast a dwarf to play a dwarf, but the dwarf is a giant. (laughs) And... I giggle when I saw him on screen. It's just another example of Marvel getting it right. They they keep the humor, they cast the right people, they get the tone, and every movie is unique in its own way. Infinity War is so full of these little, tiny, I don't know if you want to call them Easter eggs or not, 
But for the sake of argument, these Easter eggs are just littered throughout Infinity War. And you can go out and you can look online. You can find all of them you know, from somebody else or go see it again and go find them yourself. There's so many in there and they're fun to find and they're fun to talk about. So we could certainly spend a whole other hour just diving into those alone. But I... I know we're doing a lot of spoilers today, but that is something I won't spoil. Go find them yourself. Go have fun with them. And in Memorial yes. Day coming long weekend, there's a lot to see. And if it's a rainy Memorial Day weekend, movies are down the street. They sure are. And uh, cool, man. So, yeah, I think we covered a lot today. Uh, we will be back with another show, um, which will be number eight. Um, I think we're going to get rid of the, yeah, where the, the, the format's going to change a little bit, but we're, we're moving forward with as much content as humanly possible, uh, before the summer comes officially, because then I think we might get a little light in content. But, um, other than that, we are good. Right. And, Absolutely. uh, yeah. So great show. Uh, appreciate everybody for listening and all right, boys, let's close it down. All right, boys. Let's close it down. Look at me, man. Can't you see that I'm dying? Look at you, man. Doing all your wanting. Leaning against me like a goddamn bull. So close to close, my skin starts to glow. Sweat pouring down, singing in my life. You have been listening to NerdPod with Coach and K Rock from Podacy Entertainment. Be sure to follow Coach and K-Rock to stay up to date on all upcoming nerd pods and Podacy programs on Instagram, which you can find them at Podacy, that's P-O-D-D-E-S-Y, on Twitter, which is at NerdPodacy, which is N-E-R-D-P-O-D-D-E-S-Y, and Facebook, they're at NerdPod.